Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, everybody. My name is Rick Thompson. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those who are joining us online. I want to remind you guys to to, uh, like and and, uh, subscribe and share this message so that it can go out. As believers in Jesus, we need to realize that we are in a spiritual battle. And that hilarious uh, video shows what it looks like to to live a Christian life without much of a fight back. Okay, it's a parody, of course. We've been in a series that we've entitled Fight. And and unfortunately, that video is an accurate reflection on too many of our fight strategies and defeating the enemies that come our way. We're fighting with our families and not for our families. And, And when we do that, it's a swing and a miss. It's a swing and a miss, and it's largely ineffective, and it's not going to produce the results that we so desperately need or want. And so we've been looking at the book of Nehemiah and gaining some insight from him in chapter 4, who resolved uh, to, to, rather than continue to take a beating at the hands of his enemies, to lead his people to fight effectively. Now let me just remind you of what he said. He says, after I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, I said, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And so the first thing he said to us was to not be afraid. Turn to someone and say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And he gave us the reasons why we ought not be afraid. Because at the end of the day, we are not in this battle by ourselves. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're going through. If you are a Christian or you are a Christ follower, you are not in this battle by yourself. The Lord is with us and he is on our side and he's great and he's awesome and he's bigger than whatever giants we're facing. Amen? Let that be a reminder. And so he says, because the Lord is with us, and yes, we are facing struggles, we are facing trials, we are facing giants. He said, but because the Lord is with us and we're not alone, he's saying, don't lay down. This is not the time to give up. It's the time to to, to stand up. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the next series. But it's time to fight because he's bigger than our, our, the giants coming at us. So, so fight, and he tells us to fight for our families, for our sons and our daughters, our wives and our homes, because there are some things worth fighting for. Now, so far we've talked about why to fight and the man's fighting role and how to fight like a lady. Last week we talked about how to fight for our marriages. I hope we took some strategies away from that. Well, this morning... We're going to turn the corner and we're going to learn how, strategies on how to fight for our children. And if you're here, you, you know, your, your kids are grown. How many you know you're still fighting for them? <laughs> and if you don't have kids, you've got spiritual children. You've got nieces. You've got nephews. You've got, you've got your, your neighbor's kids. And so I need everyone to kind of tune in on what I'm saying this morning. 
This morning we're going to learn strategies on how to fight for our children. And if we're going to be effective warriors in the fight for our children, we're going to do a couple, two things. Everyone should have an outline. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Let's get one to you. But you can follow along online as well. But the first thing we're going to do, if we're going to be effective warriors in this fight, is we're going to start to confront our own idols. Confront our own idols. And we talked about that last week when we quoted the prophet Michael Jackson. And he says, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. I'm asking her to change his ways. When it comes to dealing with your children, the best place to start is with yourself. Confront your own idols. And this is what Ezekiel 14.4 says. It says, therefore, speak to them and tell them this is what the sovereign Lord says. When any of the Israelites set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces and then go to a prophet, I, the Lord, will answer them myself in keeping with their great idolatry. And so what's happening in this passage of Scripture? Well, he's describing something that's going on in the lives of the Israelis. The Israelis were given promises uh, that if they would follow after the Lord, they would drive out the inhabitants of the land. And what were the inhabitants of the land doing that caused them to be driven out? They were idolaters. They were demon worshipers. And this totally was against the things of God, and it definitely was against the things of the Israelis. But at this point in their history, what they were doing is they were playing both sides of the fence. They, were, they had taken up some of the idols of the, of the people of the land. They brought them into their house. But at the same time, they were covering all bases. They decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to have my idols in my home, but I'm still going to go to church. I'm still going to talk to the preacher. I'm still going to read my Bible, but I'm going to do this at the same time. And the scripture says, uh, the Lord says, I'm going to answer you in accordance to your idolatry. In other words, I'm, I'm going to answer you in accordance to your hypocrisy. And does that happen today? Yes, there are many people today who, who say, yeah, you know what, I'm still going to smoke my weed and go to church. I'm still going to party like a, like a rock star and read my Bible. And you're and you're wondering why the power is not there or it seems like things aren't working out the way they should is because probably the Lord is answering you according to your hypocrisy or your idolatry. It's getting quiet in here. And so that's never good. And, and the answer won't be good. And in the same way, if our hearts aren't right, it's going to be hard for us to teach or lead our children because what controls our hearts We'll control our lives. And if there are idols, an idol could be thoughts or attitudes that we hold higher than the knowledge of God. It doesn't have to be a little wooden thing. Just anything you hold in higher esteem than the Lord or equal to him. These same idols will influence everything we do and the decisions we make and make it difficult for us to see clearly. So that's part of what Jesus meant when he invited us in the Gospels to take the log out of our own eye before we 
see fit to take the speck out of our brother's eye. He's saying, don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> Stop playing both sides of the fence. And so for the next few moments, I want to kind of cover for us what an idol might look like in the lives of a parent today. There's the idol of success. Write that down. This one says, I've done my job as parents, so my kids should turn out to be model citizens. And so you kind of view your kids as your trophies rather than God's creations, and when they start exhibiting the same behavior as all of God's other fallen creations and acting like the sinners they are, rather than grieving from your heart and fighting for them, we end up fighting against them and grieving for ourselves. Is anybody out there this morning? And we take it as a personal affront to our otherwise successful image of our lives, and we get angry, or like I said last week, we go into the river denial. Basically, what we've done is we've forgotten that our children ultimately don't belong to us, they belong to God, amen? Amen. We're just stewards. They're on loan, but they belong to God. Listen, they were given to us to, not to bring us glory, but they were given to us to bring God glory. And as parents, we're God's instruments to help him accomplish that goal in their lives. And so that idol has to come down. And the way that idol comes down, you can write this down somewhere, is to realize that our identity has to be first, our identity has to first be rooted in Jesus or in Christ and not in their performances. What I'm telling you today is going to help a lot of people. It's going to, the enemy has had you on the hook (laughs) because of your kids' behaviors. And I'm going to give you permission to get yourself off that hook. Amen? Your identity should be in Jesus and not in their performances or their successes or failures. If you don't get this, instead of seeing their failures as an opportunity to minister to their hearts, they're going to become moments of judgment and rejection. I I met a pastor years ago who said to a men's pastor group from his heart, he said, if my kids, he says, I will quit the ministry not only if my kids don't grow up serving the Lord, but if my grandkids don't grow up serving the Lord. And at the time, he had like 13 working on 13 grandkids. And I said to myself, you're going to quit the ministry if one of your 13 grandkids decides they're going to take a walk on the wild side? Now, it sounded real spiritual, but he had an issue <laughs> going on in his own heart. Because he was putting that kind of pressure. Would you, could you imagine growing up in that house or in that family line for them to be a certain way or to be perfect? Listen to me, moms, dads, and grandparents. You're not going to lead them back to Christ if you push them away through guilt and condemnation. Another time, we, when we were younger, my old church, 
loved the church. It was a great church. But there was one thing that they did when I was a teenager that I disagreed with. There was a young girl in the church who back then came up, she was 12 or 13 years old, and she came up pregnant. And she was the daughter of one of the elders in the church. And so what they decided to do as a leadership was to somehow on a Sunday morning in a packed service, and we had some 600 more people in the service at any given time, it's a lot of people in the church, to confess her sin before everybody. And I thought to myself, even back then, and it hasn't changed, I haven't changed my mind since then, who is this really for? Is it for her? Or is it for them? And to this day, I, I know it's affected her. I believe it in my heart. And so we need to be super careful about this idol of success and putting that on our kids. Because at the end of the day, they belong to God. Amen? Amen. Then there's the idol of experience. Write this one down. This one says, I'm going to give my kid everything I never had growing up. My goal is that my kids are happy. And so every Christmas and birthday, special occasions, and well, just because, your house gets filled with all sorts of the latest plastic things. Don't raise your hand. You know who you are. And the latest gizmos and gadgets. The other one that, you know what, we have to have these experiences. Let's go swimming with the dolphins in the Bahamas. Let's go to Colorado. Maybe we go skiing at some point, And we get them as many experiences as possible. Regardless of their need or whether they're gonna, if they, you're going to go into debt over it. They've got to be in karate. They've got to be doing, the, doing you know, the cheerleading. They've got to do it all. And so what are you teaching your kids? You're teaching them that happiness is obtained through doing things. I call it the Kim Kardashian syndrome. And we all know the fallacy of that ideology or idolatry. It could be the same thing. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, he says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. One translation says you cannot serve both God and mammon, which means material things. And so you have to make a decision. And he tells us what's the right decision. Matthew 16, 26, he says, and what, you, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Come on, somebody. Be careful of what you teach your kids. This idol comes down when we realize, write this down somewhere, that God is not ultimately against us having experiences or things. He's against those things having us. Amen? And when we throw things at our kids, you know, because when you go to take the thing back, the iPad, they turn on you. You know you've got a problem, you know, or the video game. You've you, you got something that you're transferring over. We're setting them up for the same idols 
in their lives that we have in ours, and it's got to be torn down. You cannot serve both God and material things. Let me give you the third one. The idol of control. Listen to me this morning. The ultimate goal of parenting should be to work ourselves out of a job. Amen? That's to say that when they're young, you have control over everything, what they eat, what they drink, where they go, what they wear. But as they get older, we need to let go of the reins just a little bit more and more so that they can practice self-control. Does that make sense? But when you've got this idol going on in your life, this idol never wants to let go. And, and it raises ugly head when the, the little darlings start developing their own minds. They, they start to have their own likes and dislikes. And it's not the same as yours. Or when they bring home that date that you don't like. Or when they're older, they decide that they're going to spend Christmas or Thanksgiving with the in-laws and not at your house. Moms and dads, let me let you in on a little secret. This idol comes down when we realize that ultimately, ultimately we are not in control. Ta-da. In fact, the only person that the Bible says you are to practice 100% control over is yourself. That should help somebody. Now, having said that, the good news is that how many know that God is in control? Ephesians 1.22 says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Does all things mean all things? Does that include your children? <laughs> Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Anybody love God in here? Amen. Turn to someone and say, God's working it out. Amen. He's working it out. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. In other words, you haven't read the end of the book yet. Amen? You're just somewhere in the middle. At the, end, at the end of the day, God's going to get the last word as it relates to your children. Amen? And our lives. And so to destroy this idol is to understand that the goal is not to conform them into our image. The goal for all of us is to point them to Jesus. Point them to Jesus. Because at the end of the day, they need to become more like, more like Christ. That's right. What's the first idol? What's the second one? What's the third one? Let me give you the fourth one. The idol of comfort. This idol says that everything should be easy and constantly whines, complains, or, or like Chris Chan in the video, you quit fighting. What did he say? Because I'm blocking them 
I'm blocking his punches with my face. <laughs> Didn't he say something like that? <laughs> and when, when your strategy is to block punches with your face, you're going to take a beating. <laughs> Newsflash. This idol is torn down when we understand that parenting isn't for wimps. Quite the opposite. It's for warriors. Because life resembles a war sometimes. Am I telling the truth? And if you don't believe this, you don't have teenagers. And if you don't understand this, you and your kids will start to fight with each other instead of for each other. And that's going to be the pattern that's set up in your lives. Let's read Ezekiel 14.4 again and then add verse 5 to find out why God is doing this. In Ezekiel 14.4, it says, Therefore, speak to them and tell them this is what the sovereign Lord says. When any of the Israelites set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces and then go, and then go to a prophet, I, the Lord, will answer them myself in keeping with their great idolatry. Verse 5, and I will do this to do what? Help me out, somebody. To recapture the hearts of the people of Israel who have all deserted me for their idols. In other words, there's a reason why God puts discipline on his children. It's not to be arbitrary or to be mean. It's to get their hearts back. It's to recapture their hearts. And so he's warning them that he'll do it. He'll do whatever he needs to do to get their hearts back. And in order for him to recapture their hearts more effectively, he has to have dominion over their hearts. And so our prayer should be similar. Lord, if there be any idols or obstacles in my heart, someone say my heart. God needs to have dominion over our hearts. If there be any idols or obstacles, Lord, tear them down. Why? Because I want to be an effective tool in your hands, and I want to raise my children to your glory. Amen? My Bible says children are a blessing from the Lord. And so I want them, I don't want to be the obstacle that causes them to go astray. So first, tear down the idols in my life. And so the first thing we need to do is confront our idols. But let me give you the second last thing we need to do. We need to remember that we're not fighting, again, by or for ourselves. We're not fighting by or for ourselves. When the work came to be too much and the people of Israel started to feel overwhelmed, anybody feeling overwhelmed these days? Just a little bit with what's taking place. Well, Nehemiah called them to remembrance, and this is what he told them. Again, don't be afraid of your enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Why? Because there's some things worth fighting for. And so if you're here today, or under the sound of my voice, and you feel like 
thrown in the towel, let me encourage you. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. The story ain't over yet. Think about your sons and your daughters, your spiritual sons and daughters. Think about your nieces and your nephews, the neighbors, the people who are watching you. Psalms 145.4 says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. That's why we do VBS. That's why we have splash zone. That's why we target our children because our generation should be telling the next generation of the mighty acts of God. Amen? And there's only one institution actually doing that today. It ain't happening in the schools. They're trying to erase God from schools. It's not happening in our government so much. It's definitely not happening on CNN or MSLSD or any of those other stations. It's only happening in the church. Amen? That's why we need the church today. And that power, that power that we speak of is God's grace. It's rooted in God's grace and not our own strength. And as parents, we need to operate by grace and not guilt through humility and not pride. And when we do that, that's what the Bible, that's when the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 6, he says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, one translation says in due season, at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Not only does he care about you, he cares about your family. He cares about your children, your husbands, your wives. And so he invites us to come humbly into his throne room of grace and to humble ourselves. And the scripture says, as I humble myself under his mighty hands in due season, at the right time, I'll be lifted up. And he invites us to rather than worry, but to give all our worries and cares over to God, for he cares for us. Folks, as we come to a close this morning, let's keep that in mind. We have a Father in heaven who absolutely loves us and cares for us. And he cares more about your children, believe it or not, than you do. And he invites us to come alongside him to steward those kids and to turn them over to him and to give us an effective fight strategy so that we're not constantly fighting with them, but that we're fighting for them. But it starts with the man in the mirror the woman in the mirror. Let's ask God to examine our own hearts for those idols because what controls our hearts will control our lives. And if our hearts are not right, then it's going to be hard for us to lead our children. Does that make sense? So as we come to a close this morning, I invite us all to do just that. Let's humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. 
recognizing that the battle is not ours, but the battle also belongs to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And let's confront those idols, not placate them, not play with them, not send up, set up a duplicitous system in our hearts that says one thing and does another. Lord, help me to tear them down. Let's tear them down. Let's just get rid of them so that we can be used by God to teach and influence the next generation. At the same time, don't walk away from this message feeling like a failure or super guilty or along those lines. Many, many men of God, women of God had problems with their children. God had problems with his children. Adam and Eve. <laughs> it goes all the way back to the beginning. Come on, somebody. And he's the perfect daddy. It's the world we're living in. But it's not a reason for us to lay down and quit. It's a reason for us to stand up and fight. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, well, the initial fight begins with submitting our lives to Jesus Christ on a daily. And so let's start with that. Heavenly Father, say something like this. I come before you today and acknowledge that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Make me a brand new person in you. I need you, Jesus. And I want you. And now let's confront some of these idols. If anything of what we spoke about today resonates with you, the idol of success or experience or control or comfort, and I'm sure there's more. But lay them before the Lord and ask him to tear these things out. So that you can see more clearly and how to lead and deal with your own. So Father, forgive us. We humble ourselves before you. Forgive us in the areas where we've fallen short. Where we put material over relationship. Success. Over the hearts of our kids. Change our hearts, Lord. Change our minds. Help us to walk out this life through grace to your glory and your honor. And we put our kids in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. 
Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.